with us today is Dr. Peter Michalos, our in-house genius. Talks about medicine, talks about vitamins, talks about living longer, talks about electric cars. Uh, good morning. How are you, Dr. Michalos? I'm doing great, John. It's great to be with the Cats Roundtable and the Sunday Morning Show. And today I'm going to talk about uh, a topic that we've touched upon before and we're learning more and more as time goes on. And the Atlantic, which has been around for decades, just did a story about the inconvenient truth about electric cars. And one of the things that they talked about was about driving range anxiety, uh, which basically is the advertised range uh, that you get in an electric car, especially in cold climates, tends to be a lot lower. And also with time and the more charging cycles, the range also decreases. And another thing that causes anxiety is finding places for the car to be charged if you're doing some type of a road trip. So you get road trip anxiety. And Ryan, we know that the grid infrastructure can't really handle it. And what happens when 100 cars on the highway or even 50 cars in the same area need to be charged at the same time? Or God forbid, if there's like a hurricane evacuation and people need to get out of Dodge. And we learned in Florida from the last storm what happens when salt water gets underneath electric cars and the batteries and these spontaneous fires that occurs. And one of the things, in my opinion, with electric cars, it's basically a tailpipe emissions diversion uh, kind of scam where the CO2 and carbon dioxide is being pumped into the air at a nearby, uh, at a nearby fossil fuel or coal plant using, uh, you know, generation that makes the uh, electricity and you basically don't see it coming out of the tailpipe but it's coming out somewhere and the other thing nobody talks about is to make a conventional car versus an electric car electric cars require much more carbon footprint to make the battery to make the motor to uh, mine the lithium the cobalt the neodymium and it requires massive amounts of water and it's still not fully understood what type of damage it might do to the uh, aquifer uh, below it and also the uh, deforestation uh, that has to occur before you can get access to the uh, mines. And, you know, you have to pay thousands of dollars extra for a battery with more range, and nobody talks about that. And we're talking about a car that price can go up five to $15,000 just to increase your range. You talk about the Atlantic magazine, which is a nice magazine, but the stories have been done lately uh, in the New York Times and the Washington Post and other uh, and, major and Forbes and, and, and Forbes, Forbes and, the, and I think the Tampa newspapers. It, it, what is it all of a sudden? Is the is the jig up? I mean, do, do people realize finally what the truth is? Well, I think when it was just a small percentage of cars on the road, it was more of a novelty, and they definitely are cool-looking cars and quiet and to ride but now that there's more of them on the road and now you're starting to see i'm seeing for the first time lines of people waiting to charge the battery for example on the long island expressway you know you see people at these charging stations so now it's you know people are starting to get concerned and also when it's time to replace the batteries the stories are spreading hey i had to spend five or fifteen thousand dollars just to replace the battery when it becomes, you know, less efficient or doesn't work as well with the charging cycles. And then you start hearing about accidents with these large new pickup trucks and SUVs with electric batteries that can add up to 2,500 pounds to the weight. So you have a car crash with a small vehicle versus a large vehicle. It's like a heavyweight 
fighter punching a featherweight boxer and you have more force per unit area. So when you get hit by one of these big, heavy bars, it's just basic physics. The large amount of weight and momentum basically destroys the smaller vehicle, even if it has all the airbags in the world, the structural integrity of the metal can't handle it. And the other thing is these lithium uh, ion car fires. I just sadly came from a wake of one of my classmates from medical school and they one of my professors from medical school who got hit head on by a, an electric car out in Long Island in East Marion uh, last Friday. And basically everyone, the two passengers who hit them in the electric car and my two uh, professor and classmate where everybody was burned alive. They couldn't get out in time and the fire basically left both vehicles. You don't see anything just like basically just some debris so, and Dr. Uh, even the pavement melted below it. The, the the people didn't die from the crash. They died from the uh, being burnt to death from the electric car. Yeah, well, you die from the trauma. Most people usually don't die from the crash initially. They die from, you know, usually foot and ankle injuries. You hit a large artery and you bleed out. And then if you can't get out and there's a fire, uh, basically you end up burning uh, alive. It's terrible. And that's why I tell people the first thing to do in a car accident is immediately shut the ignition off in a regular car to cut the fuel supply off. An electric car shut the electricity off immediately by shutting off the switch. And this is why many repair shops won't even accept electric cars because they're worried about fire and their, their, their place of business burning down. And also you can get electrocuted if somewhere a positive wire is touching the body of the car. So even rescuers have to use rubber gloves, jaws of life with rubber grips, because you can actually get electrocuted while you're rescuing someone. And that's why some states like Rhode Island require that the license plate has a marking if this car has a battery in it, because it's not the same. And fire departments around the country are not up to speed on dealing with these different types of fires, because when the batteries burn, they put out hydrogen cyanide gas, which is a toxic gas. And there's a whole nother discussion that we don't know about, and in my opinion needs to be researched further, is the electromagnetic field created in this metal box reverse Faraday cage where you're sitting in this metal container with Bluetooth, people carrying cell phones, Wi-Fi, battery, four electric motors spinning out an electromagnetic field. That's why you have, if you put a meter in the car, you see it going off the charts, and that's why AM radios aren't found in electric cars because there's so much radio frequency and electrical interference that an AM radio can't even work inside. So... We still have a lot to learn about what well, I know that the the, uh, body. the FCC has told us that uh, they're going after the electric car companies because of the AM radios, and there's there's a solution to them, and and uh, the uh, electric car companies have to be looking into that. Well, you need all types of proper shielding to block the interference to the radio, and the same way, eventually they'll have to figure out a way to shield the human beings once they figure out what the exact long-term effects of sitting inside this uh, electric uh, field, uh, how it's going to affect the human bodies, especially with children's pets, animals. There's still just so much we don't know. And also I know people who have electric cars and they get into a minor fender bender and they're saying they can't use it for months because they can't get the parts and there's supply chain issues related to these cars as, as well. So there's a lot we're learning, a lot more. We're seeing more and more of it coming out. And, uh, you know, we hope, that uh, these things can become uh, safer, and especially now there's a big problem with the 
autopilot issue where people think that they can just put these autopilots on. But, you know, if the weather is inclement, if the road lines are not uh, marked properly, you know, these things uh, have been known now in some cases to jump the lane. And it's not, you know, it's not fair to the public, not just for the person in the car get injured, but the person sitting innocently, like my friends in the other lane, who, you know, suddenly you have a head-on collision, and that can be uh, problematic. So there's much to be done, much work to be done, and uh, also an well, investigative reporter really needs to look at the supply chain. One, one last thing. Next week, I understand, in New York we have... Uh, the new uh, f- the fire commissioner of New York P- Fire Department talking about uh, a lot of fires uh, in buildings in New York because of the lithium-ion batteries on these, uh, on these scooters and on these little motorcycles that's creating big fires that they're having a hard time putting out in the apartment buildings in New York. Right, because some of these batteries are made very cheaply with very thin walls and they're not UL listed. So when you buy one of these things, you should really try to get a battery that's been inspected and meets the United States standards of underwriter laboratories so that you minimize the risk because people are just buying these on the internet and they're getting them delivered and they don't realize the dangers inside an apartment. We've already seen some deaths in Manhattan associated with these spontaneous fires and also temperature effects that if it's hot, in the, an apartment building and you're charging it somewhere in the hallway, temperature affects these things and they're most likely to catch fire. And that's one of the fears and concerns with these uh, lithium, because uh, lithium is a very unstable uh, molecule and hopefully batteries one day will become safer. And the other last issue is how do you dispose of them? Even when this bicycle, you have to throw it away, goes in the landfills, the water supply, the toxicity. So recycling right now doesn't really exist and there's no great way to recycle any of these batteries at this time. So that's another issue, and we'll be talking about it more in the future on the CATS Roundtable, where we try to keep our audience safe, happy, and healthy. Dr. Peter Michalos, thank you. Have a great rest of the weekend, and we'll catch up real soon. Thanks for always getting the truth out, John, on the CATS Roundtable.